to the Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your host, Brendan Morahan. Hello and welcome to another episode of uh, the Construction Big Breakfast. I'm your host again today, uh, Ben Pritchett, and my special guest today is Andrew, all the way from the other side of the pond, Washington, D.C. Uh, welcome, Andrew. Thanks for getting up early for us. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. That's great. Uh, do you want to sort of introduce uh, yourself a little bit for, for our viewers and listeners? Yeah, for sure. Um, and again, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Andrew Lindsay. I'm the director of applied research and development for a company called Alpha Corporation. Uh, we're an engineering management controls and technology firm headquartered in the greater Washington, D.C. area. Um, and we pr have a pretty heavy footprint nationwide with a loose uh, presence internationally. So what I really work on with the firm is uh, Web 3.0 or Industry 4.0 solutions and the integration, implementation and adoption thereof uh, across our services and projects. Well, yeah, well, we'll get into all of that shortly, but the most important question of every podcast is what did you have for breakfast, Andrew? I had uh, coffee and a croissant, and I wanted to do something a little bit more robust, but I just didn't have the time because of that barking little animal. <laughs> no, that's fine. I understand. Like we've uh, discussed before, and just had a new puppy myself, so I know that they can be quite the um, uh, distraction. Um, so for, for those um, out in the, the world listening and watching this, uh, we met a year or so ago, probably, um, through sort of a, a mutual uh, acquaintance over at UCL uh, around the topic of uh, blockchain. Um, I don't know about you but um, and what it's like over in the States, but here in the UK, uh, blockchain is still very much sort of a, a great unknown, but also sort of greatly misunderstood. Um, you know, you say blockchain, you know, nine out of 10 people will go, oh, Bitcoin. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not, Not quite. There. Yeah. <laughs> so... I'm going to start this with a bit of a toughy question for you. If you had to do a bit of a sort of elevator pitch, 30 seconds to explain blockchain in as simple terms as you can, go. <laughs> uh, blockchain, from my perspective, is very much like the game of bingo, right? So when you're playing the game, you have a sheet that, you know, has a very unique set of numbers on it. And oftentimes the person to your left and the person to your right has a sheet that is also participating in the game, but has a different set of unique numbers. Now, every time a number is called out, uh, everybody marks on their own unique sheet that that number has been called out. Um, and ultimately, you have the ability to verify whether or not somebody was successful at reaching bingo. I think that's very much like distributed ledger technology, where everybody has their own ledger um, and it, it coordinates together to be able to verify a series of events that have taken place um, but overall you know you don't know what's to your left or to your right so the problem that we've had then is that we've been trying to get young people to uh, go with uh, blockchain what we should be doing is the older people who play <laughs> bingo every week <laughs> exactly. we've got our demographics right <laughs> I've never heard it explained like that, and I, no, it's quite yeah, it's quite a nice little way of sort of uh, explaining it. Certainly, um, 
I mean, you um, sort of uh, introduced yourself as the Director of Applied Research and Development. I mean, that's quite a unique title in construction. There's not many uh, construction companies out there um, who have an individual or a department uh, dedicated to research and development. Um, what was the sort of the course of action at um, Alpha? So I've forgotten the name of the uh, of your oh yeah Alpha Corporation. I was right. Um, that made the sort of decide that this was important and deserved the investment uh, and appoint you ultimately. Uh, yeah, so I think you know what really uh, started to happen was I joined the firm um, really around strategy and business development. And so I started getting my hands dirty in that arena with uh, a history in startups. So before Alpha, I ran a tech company called Source that's now in the process of acquisition. Um, and before that, I ran a company called uh, World Time Music, which did live media production. Um, and then we actually ended up pivoting into technology for patron entry. Um, and what was clear is that in a lot of these different markets, technology was a, a burgeoning opportun opportunity to hit the ground running, but I never realized that in the construction market specifically, uh, it, it really hadn't hit. And not not only did, at least in the US market, not only did you know Web 3.0 solutions not start to get adopted on the ground, but Web 2.0 solutions, you know, things like project management systems are still pretty spot, uh, spot shot when it comes to uh, the overall industry. And so, you know, I think when we started to look at that from the value add opportunity, I, I ended up just sitting down and putting together roughly like a 50 page paper for the firm, um, proposing sort of what the opportunity was, what the costs could be, and you know whether we could develop this out sort of like a startup within the, within the company. So that really led to building out Alpha Labs, which was you know, our R&D department that operates very much like a, a startup. But the catalyst was, yeah, the project opportunities that ultimately came from just even entertaining the idea. So like you say, you know, the adoption of technology and construction is spotty. And, um, you know, you've got plenty of um, uh, parts of the industry all around the world who, like you say, haven't really grasped Web 2.0 fully and the opportunity there. And you've jumped straight to 3.0. You know that the old adage of walk before you run, but you've gone straight to being Usain Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> what, why do you think that that leap and looking at sort of, you know, embracing blockchain within that solution can help maybe speed things up? Why did you sort of take that leap? Yeah, I think there's really an opportunity to uh, hopscotch almost the uh, the challenges, because I think a lot of the challenges that came from Web 2.0 specifically uh, revolved around, well, wh who was paying for it, right? And I think that really the, the, the big challenge was that the value add was not there to the ultimate person or people paying for the project, right? So an example of this would be something like BIM, right? Where you know, uh, the challenge was that for a long period of time, there was no actual data to be able to understand how it was impacting the efficiency and efficacy of your project and your project teams. Um, but, you know, further than that, uh, uh, th what happened as a result is it was prohibitively expensive, expensive just to deploy on a project. 
And so the owners oftentimes were like, well, what am I going to do it with it afterward? Right. And I mean, I'll I'll counter that slightly and um, you, you can disagree, maybe. But I think we are um, data rich, but knowledge poor and have been for a number of years. So we're very good at collecting data, but we don't often realize that we're even collecting it. Never mind. Know what to do with it. And, and that's really been where the, the sort of the conversation breaks down um, between uh, designers, constructors and clients and users. It's like, well, you know, no one's telling anyone what they want um, to, to then properly be able to sort of um, collate the data and make best use of it throughout the project. Yeah, I think, you know, paired with that specifically is, you know, then when you have access to that data and fully agree, you know, a lot of us have data even now that we're sitting on that we don't even know the value of, um, which can make a number of companies even at the small end competitive. Um, but when it comes to, you know, being able to make that actionable, the challenge is, you know, I think when it comes to these projects, who owns what? right who paid for that bim model who you know uh had the licensing fee for that project management system initially right who then has access to that data who understands how to access that data um and so the challenge is, is then you know i i deal with this a number of times or i have dealt with this a number of times even over the last few months which is just we just have a bunch of documents. We think we may have developed a model in our last uh, project a few years ago, but we don't know who has that model, right? And so you're just like, oh, here we go. <laughs> so, you know, oftentimes it's just a cost that's no longer, uh, from our perspective, uh, as useful unless you can then coordinate it with things like these new advanced technologies that allow you to better understand that data, allow you to share that data more efficiently, make use of it, license it even. And is that where you think that the um, sort of the, the ledgers, uh, the distributed ledgers technology can really sort of help make strides because there is that sort of you know, requirement almost to, to share and verify data and sort of a, a, a model of shared ownership if required that's inherently built into how you that apply it. Absolutely. Um, you know, when it comes to the, the data behind buildings, behind infrastructure, you know, there's a, a really clear opportunity. And I actually presented on this uh, for the Construction Blockchain Consortium in Paris, um, focusing specifically around insurance and claims. And the idea around it was, you know, let's take this asset information and not create a highly complex BIM model, which, you know, not to take away from that, I fully appreciate what the value is. But, you know, let's just get this information digitized and trackable such that then we can do things like make sure the contractors have the appropriate vendor and, or, or, or materials and, and uh, 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 supplies information. Uh, make sure that the vendors know where, you know, what was the last most updated thing that was done to the part such that they're not trying to get on site coordinating, you know, the most recent updates that way. Um, and that can go all the way to the facility manager, the building underwriter, the financier, you know, starting to much more understand the risks and liabilities associated with carrying these buildings, but also the benefits and, and the opportunities to make it so much more effective. So if I was to play devil's advocate, I would argue that a lot of that can already be done with the tools that we already have in that sort of web 2.0 level. Um, 
what is it that you think um, unlocks it at that sort of Web 3.0 with, with blockchain and a DLT and everything? Um, is it just that it, it's easier for people? Will it be a cultural mind shift, mind shift change because of the use of the technology? Or is it just that it almost forces you to do it because the rules require you to do it? So I think one of the big areas that, you know, we still use Web 2.0 solutions and the problem is still highlighted is transactional costs. And, you know, staying away from the idea of, you know, blockchain as a cryptocurrency, but just focusing on using it as sort of a removal of transactional barriers, you know, just verifying information between parties mm -hmm. takes a significant amount of time. I was actually just on a panel where uh, uh, one of the leaders from the innovation uh, for construction at McKinsey said it was caught up somewhere in 30 to 40 percent of overall construction costs is caught up in verification and uh, uh, and, and yeah, the, those types of sort of fractured, fractured transactional costs. And so. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, another sort of, for me as well, this sort of um, the verification. Um, you, I, um, yeah, before I joined event, I used to work in nuclear decommissioning. And um, I mean, we used to call it like the nuclear factor, the, the safety factor. And there was always sort of, well, is it really required? And the problem you've got in a lot of, um, uh, of industries where there's lots of regulation is, you, you know, you've got a stack, you know, yay high of rules that no one will ever know. So you always go and put that little bit extra into it. But if you could create some sort of process out of that, that has that sort of verification built in, that takes the person out of it, the emotion out of it, you would save time because it could be done fairly quickly. You know, you just feed it into the machine and you get the answer. Yes, it ticks the box or no. Um, and, and you ultimately would probably get something better value uh, because it hasn't got, you, you know, all the swings and roundabouts that aren't required in the final answer. Um, so I think you're right. The verification element of it, I think, is has got some real um, uh, fantastic uh, potential applications. Yeah, no, I think that's and, you know, when it comes to just that as aspect alone, getting the industry on board without having something that, you know, reflects the digital etch in stone um would be i think a, a huge challenge but this thing has been tried and true as far as you know the the security aspect mm. um you know more than once and also in a number of major upstream industries like you know oil and gas and the like um and and you know the thing about that though that i think becomes really important is also then the ability to have you know some form of shared basis for information that's an expectation um and some form of privacy around certain information right mm -hmm. so one of the things that has come up in a number of conversations around blockchain is this permissioned ledger and i don't want to get too sort of crazy into the technical side of it but you know having a portion of that information be publicly accessible to all um and having a portion of that information very very secure uh to the owner and whoever has access to it to, during a period of time um, and I think that that makes sense just because right now, even when there are expectations to release data, you're going down a wormhole to go find out who has the data, if it's the right data, was it ever adjusted and updated? <laughs> yeah. yeah, whereas with um, if you've got your ledger, it tells you exactly when anyone ever did it because you can't go back and change it. Right. Um, it, it makes 
loads of sense. So, uh, I mean, we've both sort of, you, you know, spoken about some of the the why you would. Um, but like all things um, with uh, construction, there's not a lot of people who are. So what are the blockers you see um, when you try and talk to people in the industry that is, is stopping sort of this really sort of taking flight? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I, I think I approached this uh, uh, topic cautiously because, you know, I think it's done with the best intent. And I think also the industry operates with very thin margins. But one of the biggest areas that I think the in industry as a whole makes use of is waste. Right. And so the, the challenge is, is that oftentimes the more waste you have or the mo more sort of surplus unaccounted for waste you have, the better off you are, because that's not your problem. Um, and the challenge is, is that, you know, there isn't sort of a, a, something on the ground that is actually actionable data that is doing away with a significant amount of waste. I think the other big part that's playing into it that sort of ties into that is that as an industry, we have counterproductive incentives. Right. So, you know, if you're operating with a design bid build type contract structure, you know, where you're separating that front end and back end process, you know, the biggest area that you're running into is putting it out to bid and probably underpricing yourself to get that project. Now you're being told that you need to put in something that's going to even cut down further on those margins um, that you actually now have to learn how to use in the first place. So, you know, there's going to be a large degree of pushback when it when it comes to that in such in an industry that uh, op operates again with such thin margins and again, op operating at a hourly basis. Yeah, we we really need to um, uh, change the, the model of the industry to 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 better understand where value is created. Um, you, you know, construction is a fantastic pillar of any economy. Uh, it, it creates social benefit as well as economic benefit, um, but people sort of see it as a, a, a sort of almost a, a byproduct. It, it's something that is useful and enable. You know, it's not really seen as that real enabler for for positive change uh, in a country. Um, so um, with things like the, um, I mean, you mentioned it already, the um, the construction blockchain consortium, the CBC, uh, you get to see um, sort of all over the world sort of how different countries are sort of approaching the problem, uh, approaching solutions. Um, are you seeing sort of a unified approach? Are some parts of the world sort of turning their back on it and some going, no, this is, this is the solution to cure all evils? <laughs> No, so that's the thing is actually, uh, I think this conversation is very relevant right now because, you know, on the U.S. side specifically, uh, well, let me take a step back. I think things in the U.K. surrounding blockchain are reaching that hype curve back end, right, where uh, a lot of groups are like, okay, this has been really hyped up. We've put a lot of money into this technology. We want to see some serious results and data before we go any further with it. And we haven't gotten there from my perspective. We haven't gotten there in the U.S. yet. I think the U.K. is a little bit more innovative and a little bit more sort of uh, forward thinking when it comes to those types of infrastructure projects. However, right now, um, I'm, you know, experiencing three independent conversations that are all looking for this sort of unified perspective with a lot of major stakeholders. Right. I think one group to, to look at is a company called Prairie Dog, 
yeah. down in Texas. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've been uh, chatting with Pete Dumont, um, as well as the Construction Progress Coalition. Um, and it, it's been a really interesting discussion because I think the broader focus is, you know, we have to actually establish things like standards and best practices around this thing before we even remotely entertain putting it into, you know, a project and pretending like it's going to be, you know, effective. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm not a fan of the name, um, but yeah. I've, <laughs> uh, I've seen Pete um, present a couple of times over here, actually, um, and it's amazing the impact he has on an audience. Um, sort of, you know, you'd probably say half to three quarters of the audience think they've seen the future, and then the rest are just thoroughly confused <laughs> <laughs> and are very lost. Um, but no, he's. Um, I mean, he talks a lot, doesn't he, about that. Um, uh, the cost of um, of doing everything in the industry and how we can get rid of that and the sort of the, the pyramid sort of shape of our industry really sort of breaking things. So how can we break down that transactions and some of the research he's done around those transactional costs? They're, um, I mean, they're interesting. I mean, they're, it's just ridiculous how much we lose just through those transactions, uh, according to his research. Um, but it'll be because he was. With everything that's happened, obviously, I haven't heard much um, about where he's got to in the last sort of uh, six months to a year, but hopefully we'll start seeing uh, some good progress uh, coming from that. And you've got your own platform as well um, that you're currently developing. Do you want to sort of um, talk a, a little bit about, about that, what you hope uh, that will achieve uh, and the likes? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so uh, the platform that I'm developing is called the Cooperative Open Science Network, or COSIGN for short. Uh, what we're focused on building is a toolkit for research and development projects, um, largely focused across four discrete areas. Uh, one is uh, actually getting the tech, incentivizing the project. project. We're doing that by facilitating a much more efficient process around the R&D tax credit that we have, that you guys have, that's actually all around the world. Um, but most groups don't make use of um, also here and also over there. Um, the second part is then the analyzed part. So giving you a better idea of what's happening on your project, both from an effective you know, project standpoint, but also then from a cost breakdown standpoint. Uh, the third is then the collaborate. So if you have any sort of knowledge or expertise gaps uh, within your project, being able to identify uh, those early on and identify then the people you can collaborate with to, to fill those gaps. Mm -hmm. uh, and then finally, the invest. Um, and the big focus on this, and I think this is the big area that we're going after, uh, is it's an alternative investment marketplace. So currently, if you want to be, say, or want to roll out a corporate venture capital fund, you have to be an accredited investment firm, um, which then really heavily limits the amount of firms that are actually able to collaborate um, at scale with startups. Um, but what we're doing is actually creating sort of an in-kind or sweat equity marketplace that allows for these companies to establish a vesting equity schedule such then it's no longer an accredited investment, but it's a collaboration. Oh. So uh, that's really what we're doing now. Um, and we're actually heavily in the, the development cycle. Uh, I'm working with a lot of great tax experts um, from some big firms uh, to guide us along. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that first one, the the, uh, the tax credits is actually something that we uh, help a lot of our clients with uh, here in the UK and in Canada as well. Um, and you're right, it's amazing how 
um, you know, people just don't realize how hard construction is and really take for granted um, some of the really innovative solutions that we that they do. Um, but then to sort of counter that with then, um, especially in um, uh, Canada, where um, you're being able to record, you know, show your records is very important. And that's often where um, uh, some of the, the claims can't be maximized as much as they could do just by having sort of a, a well-documented process of, you know, we've we, we hit some trouble, we came up with a hypothesis and we sort of did it. You try and explain that and it's just like, well, that's every construction project. I know. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? And that's where the blockchain comes up, actually, is, you know, being able to actually identify de that during the project um, carries a lot more weight than trying to look back over the last, well, in the case of the U.S., three years. Um, and say, you know, you know what? Yeah, that that seems like, you know, that that met the threshold for a scope of work document, right? Like, yeah, you know, just having these these actually recorded as you're exchanging them between stakeholders um, securely means that you'll be able to transfer that documentation over to your accountant or just manage it yourself, such that if you're audited, you know, you have it. it it's yeah. all built for the project. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, we'll have to um, talk more about that. Um, after. Um, so we're coming sort of towards the end of our um, uh, half an hour. Um, it's amazing how quick it goes, isn't it? We could talk for another few hours quite easily. Yeah. Um, but if, um, if, if those out there who are uh, listening, watching, um, would like to uh, hear more uh, and learn more about um, sort of uh, blockchain in construction, uh, how to get involved, where to sort of find the um, uh, the, the the tools that are already out there or in development. Uh, would you say that the uh, the CBC, the Blockchain Consortium, is the best place to go? Um, how do they get more involved in that if they want? Absolutely. So uh, we have a variety of different things going on. Uh, one, uh, if you're interested in joining at, say, an individual or a corporate level, um, you know, there is the, the membership where you'll get, you know, access to all the sort of information that we've developed so far, as well as a white paper that is, you know, close to being released. Um, in addition to that, for, you know, a smaller fee, something that's a little bit more month to month, we have a newsletter um, that, you know, you can do really uh, no uh, payment for and you could also do you know as high as you want um, and the idea of it is that you know we're just trying to get to the information and we really appreciate any help that we can get um, and then the the last part is we're likely going to be rolling out a number of pilot projects relatively soon um, where you know the member base will be voting on those projects in, in partnership with the uh, CBC well partners um, so, you know, it's really exciting to see what happens with that, but I think that'll also bring forth um, some more no, more news in the space on, on your side of the pond. Oh, cool. Uh, well, we'll put the um, uh, a link to the CBC website and we'll have you in the, the bio uh, on YouTube. Make sure that people can uh, just sort of scroll down there uh, and uh, follow the links uh, if they need. Uh, but Andrew, it's been uh, great to catch you. Um, I think we've got a few things to uh, carry the conversation on with uh, over the next few weeks definitely um uh, it's been a pleasure uh, enjoy the rest of your day uh, and for those uh, out there uh, listening and watching please uh, remember to uh, like share and subscribe um to make sure that you don't miss all, on any future uh, construction big breakfasts this was great thank you so much for having me ben i'm really looking forward to uh, talking soon